Isn't it good what God has done over time in the midst of crisis? I just want to thank the Lord for all that he has done in the life of this church and in our community. Thank you, God, for what you have done in our midst. There are times it is good just to stop and to just reflect on, on all that God has done. I know we do it as a family. Uh, we're doing it a lot right now uh, because I have a senior going to college next year. So we're probably doing that more than normal. And so uh, we are stopping and reflecting. But we as a church have to stop and reflect to see what God has done in the past. And his past performance in our church is an indicator of his future ability and I got to tell you, he has taken a mission statement that we started with uh, back in 2007. And there are pieces of this that have come together over these uh, past now almost 14 years. We'll be celebrating uh, our, 14th, uh, our 14th year anniversary here coming up, uh, actually Labor Day uh, weekend or the weekend after Labor Day. And so it's amazing to see this mission that uh, God is doing in, and that he's doing in and through us, this mission to passionately share the message of Jesus, and lead people to follow him. That's our simple mission. It's really a restating of the mission, the great commission that God has put us on as people to passionately share the message of Jesus and to lead people to follow him. And he has done some great things in our midst. He has done amazing things. When I think about this place that he's given us as a campus, uh, over these, uh, really since 2011 and 12, he has done amazing things. He has done amazing things in our church and in our community. And you guys just saw some of the video, but I, I want you to see some of these pictures. You guys might recognize some of these. Some of you are new to our church, but these are some great visuals of what God did. We were down at our office park road location that, by the way, no longer exists. It's USCB Hospitality School. Now, when I drive by there, I'm like, it looks to me like they built a church down there. But anyway, uh, so we were not in a church. We were in an office park. That's where we were. You see the low ceiling? Yeah, isn't that nice? There was also no air conditioning in there. Some of you are like, we wish there was no air conditioning sometimes in here. Uh, yeah, I get it. My family says that to me all the time. So, um, but man, that was, God did amazing things. We grew to about 150 people or so, 200 people or so. And we were at a point in December of 2010 where we were about ready to sign a lease. And God did the amazing thing of opening up this building as a possibility for us to lease or to lease purchase. And so we began to investigate it. I canceled the meeting to sign the document to continue our lease back there at the Office Park Road location. And we came to this place and we entered into a lease and we had about a year of negotiation and about six months, actually a little bit longer than that, to get it ready. And we came in here and we stood in this place where those of you who are here in the house today, that's what it looked like when we first got here. Isn't that incredible? You're sitting right there where we circled up and we prayed that God would uh, give us this place. Isn't that amazing to think about? And uh, there's somebody that's standing on a mezzanine that we were hopeful that we could use, but we couldn't. Uh, so we had to take it down. And many of you were a part of that. Um, God did incredible things. To, to be able to secure it, we had to raise $100,000. That was about you know, 150 people or so. Uh, we had to raise $100,000 in 30 days. And from 40 families in 30 days, God raised $100,000 for us to secure the lease 
on this place that you guys are in today. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible to think about that. And over time, uh, we moved in. This was before we moved in. This was before the work began. And, uh, you know, God did amazing things. And you can see the dedication Sunday. It was in July of 2012. And uh, that's uh, where I'm still standing today uh, and where you guys are sitting today. And that was our dedication Sunday. And we moved in fully a few weeks after that. And God has done amazing things with this place, hasn't he? He's done amazing things with this place. You saw how God uh, led us to the place uh, to be able to exercise our option on this building. And so we now own these acres. He also led us to the place where we decided it might be uh, worth inquiring about the community center. And we inquired about the community center. And God has given us with that community center a place where we can have office space, where some of our groups can meet, where we can have uh, brand new ministries start, where we can help out our community. And um, God allowed us to open that up. That's what you saw the dedication of. And we opened it right up in the fall of 2019. And then it was quiet, quiet for uh, a few months, uh, much to our surprise. But it's full and it's loud again and people are using it. And I'm so thankful for that. And God has blessed us with this amazing place, roughly five acres, two buildings, 28,000 square feet or so, worth about $4 million or so. Um, He did amazing things things in the midst of COVID. And you saw that. He raised, he used you all to raise uh, $3.6 million during COVID in a two-year generosity initiative to be able to start churches and to help our our, our missions partners all around the world, but also to secure that building and pay a large part of the debt off. I'm pleased to to announce to you today that our total debt is is just about ready to go under a million dollars, which is really exciting on this building. God has done amazing things. And I think of Psalm 126, Psalm 126, where the psalmist says, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. We are glad. And I don't know about you, but I am very thankful. Very thankful. Every Sunday, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you who are are online and those of you who are here in the house, those of you who are back on the backstage patio, because you are the people who I believe that God has given, not just to me, but to Hilton Head Island to further his kingdom, to advance the gospel message. And I love talking about what God has done. But church, I also want to talk about what God will do in the days to come. Because I believe that he's not done yet with Hilton Head Island Community Church. Are you with me? He is not done with our mission. And I believe that there are greater days to come that God will do even greater things at Hilton Head Island Community Church and in our community. I believe that he's got amazing things for us to accomplish. And we're in this series right now, DNA of a Transformational Church. And I believe that's the kind of church that God has called us to be. A church where people can come in, in one condition, spiritually and maybe physically and emotionally, and they come in and they're changed, they're transformed by Jesus. They're transformed by what he did on the cross. 
And man, we have a great story to tell. We have an incredible story to tell. And I believe that God will do great things in our midst. I see a day when we're a church, as, as we talked about last week, that is growing, that people are growing in their faith walk, that they're growing with each other. By the way, many of you stuck around last week and you signed up for a group. And we had almost 50 people just last week sign up for a new group, which is amazing and incredible. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. We've got, we're kicking off our best fall ever with groups. We've got about 25 groups, and that allows about 200 to 250 people in the life of this church to be a part of a group and to grow in their faith walk with other believers, and that is amazing. But I also see us being a church that is welcoming. We're going to be talking about that in a few weeks, that is entrusting to the next generation, that is serving its community, that is sending people to the uttermost parts of the world with the gospel of Jesus and that is loving our community for Jesus. But it also has to be a giving church. We have to be a giving church. It's something that we've always been and that my prayer is is that we would become. I dream of a day when Hilton Head Island Community Church is not giving just 10% of every dollar that comes in. I don't know if you realize that, but we put aside 10 cents of every dollar that comes in to give away to our partners, to people in need in our community, and to give to our partners here in our community, but also globally. But I see a day where we don't just stop at 10%. I see a day where we as a church are outrageously generous and we're giving 20% of what God has given us to the world. I think that we're poised to make an impact for Jesus in this community. And for those of you who haven't been journeying with us for a while, uh, I just want to tell you that the studies show over time that this community is 9% churched. That this community of all the people who live here, that 9% of the people go to church. There's one organization that called that a pagan community. I don't like that, do you? Does that bother you? I hope it does. It bothers me. Because I want to see our community, I want to see the people in our community come to faith in Jesus. I want to see them change their eternity. And I believe that we as a church are poised to make a difference with a front door into the community, with a place that God has given us to be able to impact the community. I believe that we're poised to make a huge impact in people's lives, to maybe make a difference in education, to reach out into some of the forgotten communities of Hilton Head Island and the South Carolina Low Country. I see us being a church that one day gives 20 cents of every dollar. But for us to do that, we have to be debt-free. I I love those two words. Do you like those two words? Debt-free. Those are great words, aren't they? And one day, I want to see Hilton Head Island Community Church become debt-free. But that requires us, it requires us to do things differently. We as a church have put our focus in, into, in the future into people. I'm going to be talking about a budget that we just passed that starts September 1. And, and as we prepared for that budget and as we prepare for the future, we're putting our prayers and we're putting um, our, our, our stewardship behind people. Because in the DNA of a transformational church, I think we have to move from these last years that our emphasis has been about people, but also about place. We have to move and mature from uh, God telling us we needed to establish our place. And now it's time for us 
to in an aggressive way reach people. It's a vision that moves from largely place to people and he's put together a great full-time staff to lead the work of the ministry here. Elders and a stewardship team that are committed to making sure that we are doing the right things. And I believe that God has a day in our near future and our long-term future where he is going to do a new work. Isaiah 43, 19, in the midst of God's people needing something new, in this struggle in their relationship with God, in this time of faithfulness followed by a time of unfaithfulness, I love what God does. God tells Isaiah to go to the people and say, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and I will make rivers in the desert. And let's face it, it's been a build of a wilderness these past 18 months, has it not? It's been a desert, hasn't it? But God's been faithful. He's been faithful, but I believe he's about ready to do a new thing in and through us. But it's going to take us understanding what a giving church looks like. You see, there's, there's a gap that exists between what God has done in our past and what he will do in our future. And that gap, to be quite honest, is us. It's us. It's the church collectively being a generous, giving church. A transformational church is a giving church, a church that is debt-free so that we can give generously to those who are in need. The problem is in the capital C church around the world, there's a decline in generosity. I want you to think about this for a moment. This is actually from some research that uh, a friend of mine by the name of Brian Dodd did with churchleaders.com. He published an article in churchleaders.com, and he states it this way, and this guy's an expert on church growth and church giving. And he said this, Christians are giving at 2.5% per capita of tithe. Now, the Bible clearly shows us, and I'm not going to go into all the details today. It's a message for another time, but the Bible clearly tells us in the Old Testament, and I believe that Jesus repeats in the New Testament, that as Christ followers, our job is to give 10% of what God has given us back to him. I believe it's very clearly stated. And, and, and Brian has found out uh, from different sources that the stats are is that we give about 2.5% back to the church. And he goes on to say this. During the Great Depression, Christians gave at a 3.3% rate. I want you to hear that again. That during the Depression, Christians gave at a 3.3% percent rate. Wow. It says today, 35 to 50 percent of church members, those who claim they have bought into a deep level to your ministry, give nothing. They give nothing. Church, our generation makes more. We save more, believe it or not. We definitely spend more, don't we? We consume more. We invest more yet we give far less than the people that gave in churches 
during the Depression. Now, you, you can breathe a sigh of relief for a moment because I know you feel like I'm about ready to give everybody a collective slap on the hand. That's not going to happen. It's okay. All right. But I want to call us to be different. I want to call us as a church to be a church that is fully generous. The whole church being generous. All of us who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church being generous. Stats will tell you, as Brian just said, that you know, 20 to 30 percent of people in a church, um, you know, he talked about how many people give nothing, but 20 percent of the people in a church give 80 percent of, of the total money. And it's the same way with service. Uh, we'll talk about serving in a church in a few weeks. And that 20% of the people give 80% of the work. It's a, it's a principle called preto. And it's been studied in different uh, areas and um, you know, different schools of thought and studies for, for years. Uh, it's true in the church. But I believe that we can reverse that. I believe that we as a church can reverse preto. I believe that we can be the type of church where 80 to 100% of people are giving. That the whole church is a part of generosity. The problem is what those things tell me, what those stats tell me that 2.5% of us today give, that the Depression era was 3.3%. What that tells me is that we have an issue in terms of of our will. That there's, there's an issue in terms of will. And I get it. I've been there before myself. I understand when, when, when you meet Jesus and he does this amazing thing in your life and you change and you realize that you have eternity because of what Jesus did on the cross and, and you realize that your life then, forever, but now has changed, you're all excited about it and you're, you're willing to give him all of these parts of your life, the problem is, is that we sometimes hold our back pocket, don't we? We hold down our wallet. We're like, yeah, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Send me to Zimbabwe, but don't make me give my hard-earned money. And I understand that. I've been there before, hanging on tight. I think God has something different for us. And I think that difference is found in Mark 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Mark 12. We're going to look at verses 41, just these three verses, 41 through verse 44. These four verses, I mean. And we're going to be taking a look at this because I love what Jesus is doing here. Now, there's, often you'll hear a message, you'll, you'll hear someone teaching on this, and they'll teach on it in a vacuum. They don't give any of the context around this. But I want to give you some context this morning. There's a story about Jesus walking into the temple in Jerusalem and seeing that the leaders of the temple were allowing the temple to be used as a market. And some of you remember this, and for some of you, this is your favorite story about Jesus. Because he goes in, some of the, those of you who are type A's, you're like, man, I love Jesus in this moment. And he goes into the temple, and what does he do? He takes those tables that are being used as a market, and what does he do? He turns them over. And I can imagine all the change and all the coins going everywhere and the, the items that they were selling probably being strewn about. And then Jesus in that moment begins to teach and he begins to give this sermon. And the sermon is to the religious leaders of the temple. And he talks to them 
about what they need to hear because they were exploiting people. And they were exploiting God's house. And they were exploiting God's money. And in verses uh, about 38 through 40, he tells them essentially that they need to do the right thing with what God has given them. And I love the picture of Jesus because Jesus is sitting there and he's teaching. And I kind of picture it like a fireside chat. I love this, right? And he's kind of sitting there. Now he's gone from sermon to like real talk. (laughs) Real talk. And he's talking to them. And as he's talking to them, people in the temple are coming by and they're opening their pockets or their bags or their satchels or whatever they have that they have their coins in. They didn't use paper money back then. They didn't have checking accounts. Um, you know, they, we, they didn't have uh, online giving back then. So they brought in their coins and the people that were rich would take their coins and they would put them in the offering uh, basket, which wasn't a basket. It would have been kind of a horn-shaped offering box, if you will, that was made out of something metal or ceramic. And the people that had a lot of wealth would do what I hear at Coinstar. You ever been by a Coinstar and you hear all that change going into that machine and you hear it clanging around? And they would take their coins and they would throw it in there and it would make a loud noise. And I'm sure they were doing it to let everybody in the temple know they were big givers. Here's the problem. The religious leaders, the people who were leading the temple, would sit back, and I'm sure they'd go, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And as they're watching this, and as they're listening to the sound of offerings being put in, all of a sudden, the lady comes by, and she drops two coins in the offering box, and it hardly, I'm sure, makes even a sound. And that silence was deafening, I'm sure, for those religious leaders who had this rabbi, Jesus, who was preaching to them, and they probably were, you know, worried that he would hear that silence of two small coins going into the offering box. I'm sure in that moment, they probably got insecure and maybe a little nervous Verse 41 of Mark 12 says, He sat down opposite the treasury, watched the people put in the money in the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which makes a penny. He called his disciples, and he said to him, said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything that she had to live on. So I'm sure that the religious leaders were sitting there with that sound of silence going, okay, Okay, all right. And his disciples understood that Jesus was not making a statement about poverty. Do you think for a moment that Jesus was making the statement that people who are poor need to continue to be poor? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Was he even saying that those who are poor should put in all that they have? Absolutely not. 
He was driving home a point with the religious leaders that they need to stop exploiting widows that in the Old Testament, the Bible specifically says that we should be helping. That they didn't need to exploit God's house, that they didn't need to exploit God's money, that great wealth didn't equal spiritual wealth, which is what the people of that society and day believed. But in those lessons, I think we do find a lesson for us today. And that is something about our heart when it comes to giving. This lady was willing, church. She was willing to drop in everything that she had, the things that she needed to survive. You see, it's a lesson for the religious leaders, but it's also a lesson for us about willingness. You see, they gave what they didn't need, right? Now, was it meaningless? Was that what Jesus was trying to say? Was he trying to say that those who are wealthy shouldn't give? No. I want to be clear on that. Jesus didn't say that those who are wealthy shouldn't give. (laughs) That's not what he was saying at all. But he was speaking to those of us, which is all of us, that we should be willing to give out of our abundance to him. That's the principle. It's a principle of motive. He was driving at motive because these religious leaders were so impressed with the money, and Jesus doesn't care about the money. He cares about the heart. He cares about our heart. And I don't dream of a day when all these things that I just bragged about I'm not bragging on those things, by the way. I'm bragging about the faithfulness of God in our church. But I don't dream about all of this stuff. As one pastor friend of mine said when he looked at our building, it's boring. (laughs) I've gone from being insulted to being happy about that. The more I've learned about Jesus, let it be boring. Let it be boring. This isn't about the stuff. This isn't about how much you and I will miss if we give more to God. It's not about how much this church collects or even about how much we do, although that's the gospel message and that's our mission. But church, this is about our hearts. It's about our hearts. And I'm admitting to you, there was a day decades ago that I didn't understand this. I had a hard heart about stuff because I like stuff. And I wanted more of it. I like to buy new golf clubs every year. That does not happen when you get back to God. Am I missing out? No. My golf game might be, but I'm not. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What matters is our heart. And church, I want you to hear today that for us, And the great thing that God has for us to reach our community, to make a dent into the that you know 89% of people in our community that don't have a church home, that some of whom don't know Jesus yet, that some of whom aren't going to heaven until they meet him, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, to make a dent in the things that are so important. It is gonna take us being a church 
gives. I dream of a giving church, a generously giving church. What stands in the way of the greater things that God can do at Hilton Head Island Community Church is our collective willingness, our collective willingness to be generous. Someone's $5 is different than someone's 50000 in terms of money, but it's no different in terms of the heart. I want you to hear that again. The amount doesn't matter. Someone's $5 that they give is different in terms of the number, but it's not different than the 50000 in terms of the heart. And if we become a giving church, I believe that we'll see our vision realized and our mission realized. I think that we'll see that happen if we are a giving church. Now, we've got an easy, easier way to give than we've ever had before. I'm going to ask Cynthia to come up on stage and tell us a little bit about our new app that has just come out, and so many of you have downloaded it, and it makes giving as easy as it's ever been. Um, thank you so much. This is my wife, Cynthia, who has helped guide and direct uh, this new app. And thank you, Cynthia, so much for your incredibly hard work on this. Tell us a little bit about the app. Well, I want to add a couple of things about what you said about the heart. Because um, as his wife and as the person that has been on the journey with him with this church for 14 mm -hmm. years, there were two pivotal things. And I get to, I have the mic, so I get to add Oh, this. wow. Um, two she pulled that. I did, I pulled that. Nice. Um, that happened in the life of our church that I don't, I want to go back to the heart of what he said. And I remember when you looked at the elders in 2013 and said, we're going to start giving 10% of everything we receive. Mm. And they thought you were crazy. Because <laughs> we weren't paying the bills mm. as a church. Yep. It was tough. It was really tough. Yep. And it was one of those things of faith that you just felt God said, I don't yes. want to be a pastor that asks people every Sunday to give mm. to stuff. Yes. I just want them to have hearts mm. that are generous. Yes. And that's why you mm. didn't want to mm. ask for things all the time. Same. You just wanted to give 10 cents of every dollar. Same. And ever since that moment, God has completely blessed and provided. And we've never not gone without a paycheck. Mm. We've never not been able to pay a bill. The other thing I want to add, which ties into the app, into our giving, is that We've never passed a plate in the history of Hilton mm -hmm. Island Community Church for a reason, is that Todd has never wanted to be a pastor that forced you to give or coerced you or made you in any way feel pressure because you wanted it to be hearts of giving. And you've taken a lot of heat on that. Yeah. There have been times that we've been financially struggling as a church that leadership has come to him and say, I think it's time to pass the plate, pastor. I think it's time. It's time. And Todd has held his ground. And this isn't about you. But I do want to go back to the fact that you have been a pastor who has led us to be generous from hearts of giving, yes. not because we have to, but because God calls us to That's it. Good. So I wanted to good. say that today. Oh, thank you. So I wanted good. to say that today. Thank you. So with that in the app, one of the reasons we have this, and we made the decision as a staff team a few months ago, to just make life a lot easier for mm -hmm. those that call this their church home. And that's why we made the decision to invest in a new app that was designed for our church so that we could just make this a place where you feel more connected. And there's so many great things about the app. So I just want to encourage you, you're going to get sick and tired of hearing us talk about this because there's some amazing ways for you to connect with others, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But the main thing is the giving part is completely different than what we've been doing with Alexio. So if you download the app right on the very front of it, you'll see at the bottom of your phone, there's five little 
little buttons. And the third one in is giving. It has a heart for a reason. That's why we chose that icon. And uh, you click on that, and as soon as you click on that, you could give right there online. You put in any kind of pay. Uh, I, we actually use our uh, checking account. We just hook up to our bank account so that there's no fees. You can do it that way. You can use a credit card. You can do whatever you'd like through that. That is one way. But if you look at the uh, bottom, the navigation of your phone, the second one is connect. And on the connect button, there's several different things that are going on in the life of our church we want you to know about. And the one that will always stay there is the second one that says ways to give. And the ways to give takes you to our website. And this really lays out all the different ways that you can give at this church. And the one way I want to highlight today is uh, the ability to give through stocks. And our treasurer, um, Bill Callahan, and I have worked together over the last few months, our bookkeeper. We have a huge financial team, stewardship team, that oversees all of this. They're the ones that take care of all this. And um, they've walked through a new online form that makes it so much easier for you to be able to give uh, stock. His contact information is there. You can completely reach out to him by email anytime. If you're confused or have any questions, he is the person that oversees this and works with our financial team on that. So that's another way. Text to give is also listed there as well. And honestly, the reason we tell you all these things is that we want it to be something that's simple. It's not difficult. Something you can plan for and do that. We always have the giving stations as you leave that you can drop, uh, you know, cash or check. We have it on the backstage patio as well. But that's one main reason why we have this app. The other thing about this app is a messaging feature that we're rolling out, which is going to allow you that are in small groups, instead of having multiple text groups on your personal phone sometimes, you're going to be able to text each other within the app. The other thing on our app is reading plans that Todd has put together. If you look at the resource tab, there's different reading plans. You can actually just, when he says go to the Bible now, you can go on the app and just follow along in the Bible in the app now. So I really encourage you to log in, get a free account, start exploring this, looking at the different things that you can do, and we're available at any time. Any of the staff can help you with the app if you have any questions. There's uh, scan codes all over the building for you to scan it, or if you just do a search in Google Play or in the App Store, you'll easily find our church. So you're saying it's important. It is. It's important. Awesome. Cynthia, thank you for all the hard work that you've done on this to get us to this point. It is really a great thing. As we end today, um, here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. In a giving church, everyone who calls it their church home does something. Everyone does something in a giving church. A church that is generous in a, in a generous and a giving church, everyone does something. And it's going to take all of us, it's going to take all of us giving to be a giving church. My question is, is what are you doing? What are you doing? Some of you already give that biblical minimum or beyond. And, and I just want to stop and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your obedience. I'd like to continue to thank you, and I'll just tell you that the biggest reward that you have is going to be when you get to heaven one day. It really is. I can say all the nice things in the world, but it's not going to compare to the reward that you'll have in heaven one day. But it is a joy to give, isn't it, for those of you who are already giving. And so some of you, I want to challenge you, if you're already giving that biblical minimum, but maybe God is calling you to do something else, maybe God is calling you to do, you know, beyond what you actually can because you can do more, maybe he's going to call you to that. For some of you, you're giving. 
You're giving a little bit. But God has called you. He's called all of us. He's instructed all of us to give 10%. Maybe he's calling you to move from a place where you're giving something to giving 10% of what he has given to you. For others of you, it's time to move from nothing to something. To begin to give. Because it's going to take all of us giving something. Imagine, church, a day where all of us are giving a portion back to God. Imagine a time when we as a church are reversing preto. And we're all giving to what God is doing. And we all get to rejoice. And we all have the great joy. And we also have the promise that he will take care of our needs both in the church and as a family or as an individual. Imagine what we can do around the world. Imagine the places that we can help start churches. Imagine the poverty that we can put a dent into. Imagine us helping increase our education in our community. Imagine, imagine more people accepting Jesus, being discipled, exchanging eternal death for eternal life. God can do the incredible if we are giving church. What are you going to do? You'll get an email this week and you'll see it online. Our team, our stewardship team, our elder team, and our staff team have been involved over these past four months putting together a budget that begins September 1. Yeah, we're weird. We start September 1. Uh, And I'm going to ask the staff and elders who are here and any stewardship team members who are here to go ahead and come on up to the front here. We are going to, um, we're going to dedicate this budget to the Lord. It's uh, just under, the need is going to be just under 30,000 a week. You'll see that. And some of you are like, oh my goodness, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We will. We are going to give thanks to God. Yes. Yes. We are. We're going to give thanks right now. So would you guys join us as we dedicate, as we dedicate, would you guys stand up with me this morning as we dedicate this budget to him? Father God, in the strong name of Jesus, we as your team, Father God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us as a church team. I thank you for these people who are standing up here with me who have vetted every bit of this, who have provided great accountability. God, I thank you so much for the multiple, multiple layers of accountability that we have as a church. And Father, in the strong name of Jesus, God, despite everything that has happened over these last 18 months, you have been faithful. God, you have been so faithful. You are so good. You are so kind. And in the strong name of Jesus, I pray that we would be a giving church. And Father, as we announce this week via email electronically this new budget, God, we know that it's about people. We know that it is about your word. We know that it is about your gospel message. And Father, in the strong name of Jesus, we dedicate it to you. God, I pray that we would make an impact in this community, that we would make an impact in the lives of our people. And Father, may we never, ever, ever forget that every, every good and perfect gift is from you and you alone. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for this opportunity to dedicate it to you, and we give it to you. In Jesus' name, I pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you.